the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. All right. Thanks for staying tuned. And uh, you're certainly welcome to call 844-TALK-989. That's 844-825-5989. Two segments left, a lot to cover. Up next, I'll be joined by Mark R. Weaver. He's author of A Wordsmith's Work. He's also a media law attorney, crisis communications advisor, and adjunct professor and prosecutor. He's from central Ohio, and we're going to talk about uh, government power versus personal agency and the responsibility of the fourth estate, which is the press, and how they are uh, irresponsible, essentially. So uh, you'll want to stay tuned, set an alarm for 1250. Mark Weaver will be here. A couple of things that we want to step through before we get, though, to that next segment. The first is this uh, clean continuing resolution. As I said at the end of last segment, House Republicans say that this two-step continuing resolution extends government funding uh, in step one. So there are four appropriations bills that are extended until January 19th. And then step two would be uh, eight bills are extended until February 2nd. So you remember there are 12 appropriations bills that need cussed and discussed and ironed out. Um, but it kicks the can down the road Longer And at first blush, you go, well, why is that important? Well, this bill meets the three primary objectives set forth by the House Republican Conference, according to the uh, House GOP. First, it prevents another irresponsible Christmas omnibus spending monstrosity. Now, Congressman Jim Jordan talked with us about that previously, about how often in Washington the government is on the verge of shutdown And so there's this big omnibus bill, which just means a a bill with a lot of different things in it. It gets uh, thrown on the laps of lawmakers, thousands of pages long. They don't get a chance to read it. And so they're essentially forced to vote on it or else, right? Who wants to go into the holidays not having a paycheck? Um, So it's a tactic. But the House GOP also claims that uh, separate the CR from the supplemental funding debates to allow conservatives to fight for fiscal responsibility oversight of Ukraine aid, and substantive policy changes at our southern border. Well, what that would mean then is that the southern border stuff probably is not in this, nor is Ukraine aid. So they're saying that that's responsible because it's been singled out. Uh, And then it responsibly avoids a government shutdown. Hey, um, I think I speak on behalf of a lot of people who say, I don't give a rip. I mean, until somebody can come and apologize, whether it's Mike DeWine or John Husted or, or some other bonehead bureaucrat uh, to every Ohioan that had their business shut down because Amy Acton in her Einstein wisdom decided who was essential and non-essential. I don't want to hear any crybabying about a government shutdown. Buckle up, buttercup. If you can't miss a paycheck, then shame on you. 
I mean, you should have six months to a year of reserve, right? I mean, that's that's fiscal responsibility. I mean, but who are we joking? These guys can't even balance a budget. They're they're going to engage in two trillion dollars more of deficit spending, it appears, uh, and they're going to add it to the overall thirty three. What is it? Thirty three point six trillion dollars of national debt. And uh, how do members of the House Freedom Caucus feel about that. They say no more rolling over today to fight tomorrow. Today, they released a statement that said the House Freedom Caucus opposes the proposed clean continuing resolution as it contains no spending reductions. No, it doesn't. It actually increases spending. No border security. Not a single meaningful win for the American people. Republicans must stop negotiating against ourselves over fears of what the Senate may do with the promise roll over today and we'll fight tomorrow kick the can down the road kick it down the road kick 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 haven't we seen that play out before i mean i remember writing a really thought out paper in college about the social security funds and how we were going to run out and we were going to be in in deep doo-doo if we didn't make some changes but it's the it's the it's the cow the sacred cow nobody wants to cut or kill right and so here we are we continue to kick the can down the road. And what gets bigger? What gets bigger? Somebody, anybody. The power monster. The power monster gets bigger. We have Republicans in control in the House. And we are going to increase spending, not make any changes at the border. And at a time that we have $33 trillion of debt and we've just been downgraded by Moody's. Folks, the demagogues will tell you they have the solution. I got the solution. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about it in January and February. What do you think will happen in January and February? And by the way, um, it didn't take clairvoyance or a crystal ball. You can listen back. We had discussions with several people who said, you know what's gonna happen around the holidays? Nothing. Nothing. Nothing's gonna get done. And guess what didn't get done? Nothing, because we had, a, we had a fight over speaker, which, by the way, insiders who don't want to be identified because they're terrified that uh, they would be called out, told me that that three-week fight was really about Scalise and uh, McCarthy. People on Scalise's side and McCarthy's side were back and forth and back and forth, and it was drummed up, right, almost intentional uh, support and lack of support for Jordan, and they wasted three weeks, and, and here we are. Time to wake up, folks. The only thing getting bigger and more powerful is the power monster. The only thing getting smaller and weaker are you and me. And it's, it's, it's about time we, we do something about that. Um, but I don't know. I might be screaming into the abyss. Special report, Ohio's juvenile detention system struggles with violence and neglect. Talked about this at the top of the show. Something we'll have to take a closer look at. But Ohio's youth prison and juvenile detention centers are failing. Kids in the state's juvenile justice system often face violence and neglect, while guards remain overwhelmed, understaffed, and in fear for their own safety. Rather than rehabilitating and educating teens, more than 4 in 10, so that's 40% plus, of them end up going back into the youth system or entering Ohio's adult population prisons. Those who don't return to prison face a higher chance of an early violent death. Now, I'm going to put... a parenthesis around here. Um, it talks about finding refuge from crime and mayhem. Kids in juvenile detention often encounter a world more dangerous 
than the one they left behind. There it is. I'm going to point you to there. So you're about five, six paragraphs down. First, it says Ohio's juvenile prisons and detention centers are supposed to be safe where the state's most troubled children are sent for what might be a last chance to turn their lives around before adulthood. But instead of finding refuge from crime and mayhem, kids in juvenile detention often encounter a world more dangerous than the one they left behind. So what they're saying is it's safer to keep them in the streets than it is to put them in detention centers. It's safer to return them to the place that their bad behavior and thoughts and emotions were pollinated than it is to put them into a detention center because you have proximity with other teens who have been pollinated with just faulty programming, thoughts and feelings about who they are, about the world they live in, about the people around them. I wonder what caused all this. I wonder. Um, Maybe the world that they left is one that is the result of progressive policies, progressive policies about the family, progressive policies about individuals, progressive policies about the institution of family and the institution of churches. I mean, am I the only one who sees this? I know I'm not. I know just about everybody listening to this sees it. This is a tragedy. It's a travesty, and we're going to stay on top of it. But that sentence right there, but instead of finding refuge from crime and mayhem, kids in juvenile detention often encounter a world more dangerous than the one they left behind. We'll figure out what needs to happen. Hopefully, Mike DeWine, who's called together a special commission, will figure out solutions that make sense. But I'm telling you right now, I'm calling it right now, USA Today is a national network, and this will be the report that the 24 election cycle cites for Senate, for president. You're going to say, look at what happened in Ohio. Man, we got to, why are we putting these kids away? We need to keep them away from the detention centers. I'm telling you, man, it's what's coming. Uh, Also, what's coming, Mark Weaver, uh, he's an attorney on the other side of this break, uh, author of a wordsmith's work, media law attorney, crisis communications advisor, adjunct professor, and prosecutor. He's going to weigh in on the fourth estate. Next on The Bruce Woolley Show. We are rounding third and heading home. The final segment of The Bruce Woolley Show on this Tuesday, November 14th, 2023. And I want to bring him in right away. He's author of A Wordsmith's Work. He's also a media law attorney, crisis communications advisor, adjunct professor, prosecutor, he is Mark Weaver. Uh, Mark, welcome to the Bruce Woolley Show. Thank you for carving out time for us this afternoon. How are you? Doing well. Great to be back with you, Jack. It's always an honor to have you. You're a globetrotter. You're all over the place, which is great. I love I love movers and shakers because they have a pulse on what's going on. Um, let me ask you this, and, and, and I hope I can get this question around the barn quickly. I covered issue one in Ohio a lot leading up to the November 7th election. I I published one story that that really showed our readers that the AP report that came out the day early in-person voting started in Ohio was chock full of misinformation. And then you know, I, I covered the fact that the AP, a few days later, published another report chock full of misinformation. And they do it by citing legal experts and medical experts. And then when you dive into their campaign reports, they contribute to Democrats. Uh, and then I just talked earlier today about the Ohio Capital Journal, which is seated by the same groups that opposed a 60% amendment threshold and and supported issue one. 
Mark, how do we get here? We got here by readers and viewers not paying careful attention to who's giving them the news. And more people have woken up to the bias that is embedded in legacy media, but we need everybody to, because you just gave very good examples of what used to be trustworthy, incredible news sources using their print, their audio, their TV time to campaign for a particular partisan outcome, or in this case, an ideological outcome. And people need to be very careful where they get their news from, and they should check the facts themselves and not take someone else's word for it. NBC News is another one that we we called uh, we called them called on them twice uh, called them out rather. Uh, and here's the scary part, and this will lead into my next question. So the one uh, propaganda tabloid out of, out of Columbus, unfortunately, they have writers now who are at Axios Columbus, Cleveland.com, News Channel 5 in Cleveland, uh, NBC6 in Columbus. And so now they're like pollinating these other outlets. Uh, Mark, do you think it is ignorance that allows these outlets to perpetuate the propaganda? Or do you think that they've been swallowing the blue poison pill of progressivism long enough that they don't care anymore? They just want the world the way that they see it should be. Fish don't know they're wet, and left-wing journalists don't always realize how far left they really are. You aforementioned Capital News um, Journal uh, that you talked about a few moments ago really is full of propagandists from the left. It's paid for by what the left loves to call dark money from the left. Not not too long ago, um, they they um, printed a story and cited somebody as a nonpartisan legal expert. It was on a different topic. It wasn't issue one. But when you went to that Twitter person's handle, uh, their bio said that they were a Democrat strategist. And so nothing wrong with being a Democrat or Republican. I'm a Republican. Everybody knows I'm a Republican. But it's when you present people who are partisan as nonpartisan, that's truly misinformation and truly propaganda. Yeah, and I think that probably got us to where we are. The report that came out, I think, a few weeks ago now. The level of no trust in, in media, particularly legacy media, is, is at an all-time high. How do we get out of here? Like, what is the first step? Everybody needs to start voting with their wallet and putting putting their money and their advertising spending dollars um, behind sites that will either tell you the truth or will give you the news and let you know if they have a perspective. So I'll give you one example. I subscribe to the Free Press, which was started by Barry Weiss. She's much more liberal than I am. She's a gay woman. She's pro-abortion. But she's willing to tell the truth on a lot of things, particularly around Israel and the trans issue and uh, First Amendment violations happening throughout government. So I don't know what I'm paying. It's not a lot, but it's enough to subscribe because I want to put my money behind places like that or the Daily Wire, another place I subscribe to, where I'm getting Correct information from people who are willing to let you know their biases up front so you can make a good decision. So the free press, the Daily Wire, and I agree, by the way, Barry Weiss, I think she was let go by uh, the New York Times and uh, a fantastic writer. Um, Let me ask you this. We've got a couple of minutes here. You talked about Israel. Uh, I made the connection yesterday (laughs) through several segments, and it took me a long time to get there. But I showed that the same people who uh, supported Black Lives Matter, which we should be calling burn, loot, and murder, they're the same people who are financially backing these anti-Israeli and, frankly, what I'm going to call pro-genocide 
protests, and there's one on the mall in D.C. today. Um, do you think this is going to be the movement that creates the flashpoint that demagogues point to in 2024 and go, see, we need we need to keep Biden in because he or or whoever the next solution is. Do you think this is going to be the, the issue, the social issue that the flashpoint happens in? We only ever see flashpoints typically in the rearview mirror because it's hard to see them while they're happening. I will say this. There are some people on the left and, you know, those of us who are who try to be people of faith. I'm a Christian and I try to live my faith. We need to love uh, love our neighbor, even love our enemies, and hope that they will come around to seeing what's true. And so there are some people on the left, particularly some Jewish liberals, who are recognizing that their support for some of these left-wing causes, like BLM, is now coming back in a very anti-Israeli, anti-Semitic way. And it's causing them to open their eyes. Perhaps we could say the scales are falling from their eyes when they're seeing some of the wrong positions and wrong support that they've had in the past. So let's pray for these folks to see truth. There is only one truth. There's not my truth or your truth, but to see the truth and perhaps start um, supporting efforts that will um, back up what they believe. Yeah, we can pray for a road to Damascus moment, I think. And and maybe yes. that's what's going, going to happen. Uh, about a minute here, and I want to give you the floor. Mark, what can our listeners do? It feels overwhelming, honestly, because it feels like we're in the minority. I don't think we are. But what can our listeners do about it in addition to subscribing for, to the Free Press or the Daily Wire? What else should they be doing? Well, we should all be in prayer. I mean, the, the, God's in charge, right? God's got a plan that's perfect. It's better than our plan. Um, that doesn't mean we shouldn't go out and um, volunteer and knock doors and support candidates who have our same perspectives. But we do have to trust that God's plan is perfect. Um, we will make it through this. This is a great country. We have great safeguards built in in our Constitution. We're not having people like they are in Britain being arrested and questioned for what they tweet. Uh, and so uh, we are lucky to be here. We should we should praise God for that we were born in America, and we should try to protect what America stands for. His Twitter handle is Mark R. Weaver. Mark, where can they get your book, A Wordsmith's Work? It's on Amazon, or you can get a signed copy at awordsmithswork.com. And you can read the chapter where I directed Ronald Reagan in his final television appearance, and I give you a little inside, behind-the-scenes view of what the great communicator was really like in person. What a cool story. And uh, if you haven't gotten it, make sure you get A Wordsmith's Work. Uh, Mark R. Weaver is the author. He's also a media law attorney, crisis communications advisor, adjunct professor, and prosecutor. And he's a friend of The Bruce Woolley Show. Mark, thank you for investing time with us today. We deeply appreciate it. Thanks, Jack. Have a good day. Thank you, sir. And uh, thank you for listening today to 98.9 FM, The Answer, The Bruce Woolley Show. I'm Jack Windsor, editor-in-chief of The Ohio Press Network. Find our stuff at theohiopressnetwork.com. And... uh, Great to fill in. I'll be back tomorrow. I'll be back Thursday. I'll be back Friday. Thursday, uh, we'll have a professor from Cedarville University to talk about the war in Israel, working on Congressman Jim Jordan, Congressman Warren Davidson, and more. Uh, But thank you for listening, and uh, I'll be back with you tomorrow. So set an alarm for 11 a.m., 98.9 FM, The Answer, Bruce Willis Show. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.